Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine a year where you come for the giant eight-legged creatures, but stay for the boring human characters who keep falling in love, goddammit! What year is that, Sandra? It's 1955! And welcome to Oldie Butter Goodie. You've joined us on a creature double feature this week. My name's Sandra Felcher. I'm um I'm stuck in a submarine after everything that happened last week. I'm still stuck down here. It's been a whole year of just being stuck down here by myself. It's so annoying. Anyway, I'm gonna go over to this closet. I'm gonna open it up. I think there's a coffee machine in here. Let's see if there's a coffee in here. I need to get some coffee. Bonjour, monsieur. <laughs> oh my god, there's a French man in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> Bonjour, je m'appelle Bernard Vermans. Comment t'appelles-tu? Bernard Vermans? Oui. Ah, what are you doing in my closet, you oh, French man? Oh, you, you speak English. Ah, English not uh, my best language, but I shall try. Mm-hmm, you're doing pretty well right now. I was merely studying the cryptozoology throughout uh, the oceans in this fine vessel of yours. Oh, is this your vessel? Uh, yes, yes, this is mine. Oh. What are you doing on my, uh, what are you doing on my submarine? Well, Harry Grindle Matthews put me on this submarine uh. and then I kicked him out and now I, I run the submarine, but I'm stuck at the bottom of the ocean, so... Well, it is convenient plot-wise, because I actually know how to steer this thing and get it back to the surface. <gasps> You do? Well, that's wonderful. That means that I can finally escape. But uh, I'm going to do a podcast first. So maybe can you like clear your mind? Uh, think about your favorite sort of uh, 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 creature. Well, that's interesting you speak of creature because I uh, was the author of the On Track for the Unknown Animals. Ooh. Which was the first ever book for cryptozoology, which is uh, zoology about cryptids. And other things, like the Loch Ness Monster, Yetis, all that sort of thing. Right, okay. See, nowadays, if you say cryptozoology, I immediately think of bloody NFTs. Is that still relevant? Crypto- yeah, so. cryptozoology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that uh, that makes sense. That checks out. Yeah. Do you have a monkey? I do have a monkey, yes. Yes, why? I just thought it was odd that there was a monkey on the... Oh my god, he's transformed. The monkey threw a plate. Zach, hello. Hello, we're still in the submarine. Oh, hello. Why? Oh, I feel weird today. Oh, I'm in a French man. That makes sense. Yeah, you're in a French man. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's just always the case. That's uh, it's so it's so uncanny. Um, Zach, we're doing a bonus battle this episode. I feel like we need a guest. Oh, a guest? 
Well, that's going to be tricky. We don't have um, any way to really get a guest down here. There's no other people here. There is that monkey. We could zap a guest into the monkey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was the monkey last week. It's about time a guest was a monkey. All right, here's my ray gun. I'm shooting the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, from Crooked Table Productions, it's the one and only Robert Yannis Jr. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, guys, what's up? How does it feel to be a monkey? It feels weird. It feels uh, <laughs> like I'm taking a step backwards. Taking a step and backwards on, on the evolutionary uh, the evolutionary chain. I'm a step down. I feel in, I feel inferior more so than usual. <laughs> I have to say. Ah, uh, yes, that oppressive feeling. That's one thing about Oldie Buddy Goody. We know how to make our guests feel inferior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Uh. Speaking of inferior, you're joining us for a bonus battle, which means one movie. We're talking about two movies this year. Both came out in 1955, both science fiction monster horror films. Um, one of them's going to be inferior because it's a bonus battle, <laughs> which is a sort of episode where we pit these two movies against each other, see which one is the best, which one is the worst, purely through facts. No opinions are allowed, Robert. No opinions at the table. This is just a fact-based episode. Absolutely. Zero opinions. We want zero opinions here. That's the only way I roll. All facts all the time. But before we jump in, you are a podcaster. You've got Crooked Table Productions, a bunch of podcasts under that, uh, in- including Franchise Detours, which which Zach and I have both been on a mm. few times. I think last time we did, was it Beverly Hills Cop 3? Mm. I think so. Yes, I appreciate your guys' sacrifice uh, <laughs> uh, <what a laughs> with <movie>. that one. <laughs> that was a rough watch. But right now you are doing all the X-Men movies, uh, so if... If people are fans of those X-Men, or at least some of the film, I feel like at least 40% of them are good. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I like I like all of them, except Apocalypse. Fuck Apocalypse. You, you, feel like all of, you like Dark Phoenix? Yeah, absolutely. Never seen it, actually. <laughs> you've seen all, you've skipped all the bad ones, I think, minus Apocalypse. That's what it is. Yeah. No giant eight-legged uh, creatures in those movies, though. No. Hey, exactly. That's why, uh, that's why I don't like them. Isn't there a giant... There's a giant animal in New Mutants, isn't there? Uh, there is. There's a giant psychic demon bear. That's right. Yeah. Psychic demon bear. It's like a smoke monster. <laughs> straight out of Lost kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, check all that out. There's a link in the episode description. Uh, let's get into... This double feature. Um, Robert, had you heard of either of these movies before It Came From Beneath the Sea or Tarantula? I mean, the the sci-fi movies of this era, which were all giant creatures, sort of, uh, you know, a, a radioactive, atomic, like nuclear fear sort of thing. All of them are It Came From Something or The Creature From Something. Lots of exclamation points in the titles. <laughs> so had I heard of these specific ones? Probably not. But they still sort of feel like they're, you know, in the ether. I did realize, though, in doing uh, preparation for this episode that Tarantula gets a name check in Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I thought was really interesting. Oh. I was like, oh. Because then there's a line in there. I knew Leo G. Carroll was over a barrel when Tarantula took to the hills. And I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. A point in Tarantula's corner, I guess, to start <laughs> things off. Uh, so long story short, uh, no, not not specifically, no. Right, okay. Mm. And Zach, you're a big fan of giant creature movies as well. Like you love a mm. you love a Godzilla, you love a King Kong, you love a The Meg. Oh, I love The Meg. God. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more that I love than Jason Statham <laughs> jump back flipping, throwing <laughs> spears into eyeballs of Megs, you know. 
So I feel like you're the most qualified here, Zach, to kick off our spoiler-free first impressions of these movies. What did you think of uh, Tarantula and Giant Octopus the movie? Well, bringing it to the Godzillas and King Kong movies, they suffer from one thing, um, which usually ruins them. And uh, I think these movies also suffer from the human plot. (laughs) The human plot is always the contentious point. What do you mean? I'm a dad. I got to get back to my kid. I ignored my kid, but a giant monster's (laughs) making me think I want to be a dad again, actually. It's nothing like a giant 700 million ton lizard to make those parental instincts kick in, you know? <laughs> yeah, I had some fun with these movies. I I, <laughs> I really liked the last half of these movies a lot. Um, <laughs> because that was where we got some big monster rampages. Yeah. Uh, but I also had a bit of fun with these. They weren't too long, which I appreciated. Yeah. If these had both been like two hours... I would be mad here. I would be upset. <laughs> I would be, why is my time be wasted on these? But seeing as they were only like an hour-ish, I had, I had some fun. I had some fun. There was a lot of legs. There was a lot of legs. <laughs> yeah, certainly both of these, I was bored at the start. I was definitely, it was, a, it was I was getting to the monster. I was waiting for it. Although I, I think... Ooh, I'm torn about which one I like more. Okay. Because because of the plot differences that I don't want to go into in the non-spoiler bit. I feel like for me, there was one where I definitely fell asleep during, and then the other one I didn't, so <laughs> oh, kind of okay. where I'm at. That's always a pretty good indication, yeah. How about you, Robert? What was your thoughts on these two movies? Well, I'm fairly agnostic when it comes to giant monster movies. Like, I, I can get down with some of them. But after a while, I think it's what you guys were sort of alluding to. Like, there's going to be human characters in it. If the human characters are boring, it usually doesn't help the overall experience. If there's anything for me to latch onto with that, then maybe I can I can kind of get hooked into the story. And I think both of these both of these movies suffer from a lot of the same problems. I think they're. Uh, in a, in a way, there's a lot of things obviously similar about them, but there's also like a lot of sort of uh, alternative approaches that these two movies take on things. And we'll get to that when we get to That's true. in more detail. But I I think one of them, it took me a while to sort of get in the vibe with. And then the other one, I was more consistently, uh, I, more consistently entertained, I guess. And uh, yeah, I, there was one that I sort of had problems staying awake through, uh, which we'll, which we'll, we'll get into in, in more in detail. But I mean, they both seem to be within this genre of giant monster movies fairly prominent for this era. So that's, you know, as a cinephile, I'm never going to be like, what a waste of time. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> now, now I've seen it came from beneath the sea. I've seen Tarantula. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, I can see why people that are just generally into the genre would, would get some stuff out of this. Yeah. I feel like I've definitely heard of Tarantula before. It came from beneath the sea. It could just be the gimmick in the title is why I think I've heard of it before. I'm not sure. But yeah, these both did pretty well. They both made over a million in the box office. Um, oh, wow. They're both directed by pretty impressive people as well. It came from Beneath the Sea. is directed by Robert Gordon. He was actually in The Jazz Singer, uh, which is the first movie to ever use recorded singing and stuff in a movie. 
Um, he was in that, which is pretty cool. He directed a bunch of other stuff as well, uh, including a movie called Black Zoo, uh, which is just a, it's just a name. It's like a Gorefields horror movie. And Tarantula is directed by Jack Arnold, who also directed Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, so he's quite a prominent creature director. Um, and yeah, we've got the Octopus one coming out of Columbia. We've got Tarantula coming out of Universal. So two pretty big studios as well. Mm. Um, and they're both ripping off pretty popular movies. I mean, it came from Beneath the Sea, obviously a Godzilla ripoff from the mm-hmm. get-go, you can tell. Yeah. Tarantula, weirdly enough, kind of feels like a ripoff of The Fly, even though <laughs> the, the fly came, I think that was 56 or 57, but kind of like that like mad scientist sort of vibe of horror movie as well. I think I've heard of Tarantula before. I had not heard of It Came From Beneath the Sea. And um, I I think the human plots, although I I boo-boo them, are important for a story like this. You know, Mm. we need the human perspective so that we can feel the impact of the monsters when they come in with their rampaging eight-legged destruction. So it's important. So it's very important to have a good human story, which is where both of these uh, certainly uh, struggle, I feel. They tried. One of them I liked more than the other. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Immensely. But that's because its B-plot also was kind of... It was tarantula. Uh, it was also kind of science-y, you know? But it was, it was good. And I liked the effects that both movies used. Mm. We're, we're going to rate them later, but I feel like the uh, octopus, I felt, was better animated, obviously, because they used practical effects. Right. Um, to do some, like, puppetry and stop motion and that sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas uh, for most of uh, Tarantula, it is a close-up film <laughs> of a Tarantula walking around. <laughs> Crawling on miniatures, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like Tarantula sells the monster through its music, whereas Octopus sells it on the visuals. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which, we'll, yeah we, which we'll get to later. But yeah, you're right. The visuals of Tarantula were very silly. Yeah, but... <laughs> That kind of adds to Tarantula. Yeah. Tarantula gets away with the charm of it as well. And it also <laughs> sort of works. So uh, we'll, we'll get into it later. But yeah, there's, uh, there's, some, there's some stuff here. There's some substance. There's definitely some substance. And yeah, like there's some human characters. Um, uh, I feel like, yeah, Tarantula's got a bit more meat to it because it is not ripping off Godzilla, which mm. is just kind of like army or oh, army boys. Hello. Mm. Uh, whereas Tarantula is like, we're scientists. Uh, I don't know what that says about the cliches, but I feel like uh, scientists are a bit more interesting sometimes. Yeah. Uh, scientists are more interesting and the army uh, can go fuck itself. You know, <laughs> um, you know unbiased opinions here. We're, we're giving our only biased- We said it. We said it at the, at the yeah, start yeah, of the yeah, show. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like it came from beneath the sea is like, weirdly procedural in a lot of it too it's just like yeah. watch us as we will look at the radar for 10 minutes watch us as we study the samples for another 10 minutes i'll just like i don't know if this is what i want in my giant monster movie <laughs> <laughs> but that that happens that happens in the giant movies it's like oh wow we found this strange egg but it's huge oh i wonder what this will lead to wait a minute it's not just an egg there's a mother running around (laughs) oh my god if this egg is this big then how big is the mother right oh my god yeah like the monster movies have that sort of like 
weird build-up. It's like, I've seen the poster. <laughs> we know what this is. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I know what's happening here. The movie's called Tarantula. The movie's called It Came From Beneath the Sea. Like, we know what's going to happen. So sometimes it does feel a bit ridiculous. And it is kind of a cliche that even nowadays they sort of fall into. You're right. There's like a formula. And I feel like everyone is sick of the formula as well, but they don't switch it up. They still haven't switched it up. I think the problem is they don't know what to do with the humans. It's like, we're here for the monster. What are we going to do with the humans to kind of excuse them being there? And the way the movie figures it out really, uh, like, is is the hit or miss for the film. Yeah. I think that's maybe why Pacific Rim is so good, because you've got the humans being also monsters as well. You got them in the giant suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It evens the playing field. It's, It's very clever. Um, I will allow some opinions for a brief second as we rate these movies, <gasps> oldies or goodies. Uh, oh my god, Robert! Which what what would you rate these films? Start with "It Came from Beneath the Sea." I reckon. So "It Came from Beneath the Sea" is the one I was I had a hard time getting through. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was rough. The first half, especially, it was it took I think twenty seven minutes as what I clocked it as where we first see a tentacle. Yep, uh, twenty seven <laughs> minutes in an eighty minute movie. <laughs> We're like almost halfway before we, <laughs> the tentacle comes out and starts slapping the ship around or something, I think. I've got that exact note. Giant octopus finally at 27 minutes. <laughs> um, God damn. Uh, and the romance, as it were, like, mm. <laughs> I, I really didn't care. I really, it, it was just Matthews sort of creeping in on uh, on Professor Joyce there. It, it was really, every time he came in, he was like, hey, lady, fall in love with me. Wait, you're not <laughs> falling in love with me? I'm going to go throw a tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> Have I mentioned I'm the commander? It's all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, for it came from beneath the sea. Like, the monster stuff is cool. Obviously, Ray Harryhausen, who did the uh, the effects there, like, huge titan of of visual effects on film, especially around this time. So I, I appreciate what he did, but it was not enough for me to, to not rate this one an oldie. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so that that's where I land from. It came from beneath the sea. Like it, it's good of its time, but doesn't hold up so well. All right. So an oldie from it came from beneath the sea. How about uh, for you, Zach? Uh, I'm in similar veins. Uh, as I said, the whole like story with him being like, you, you fall in love with me. If you don't, I will have a baby tantrum like a two-year-old. And I was like, what? What is this guy? I didn't know the main character of this movie is on the podcast with us. Hey, yeah, yeah. How's it going, Commander Matthews? Was- hey, it is me. I am Captain of Submarine. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a rough one. But I really liked the actual uh, uh, octopus when we got to it. You know, the effects of that, it attacking the bridge, the whole defense of that. That was actually really good. That was good, yeah. Yeah. I I thought that was uh, possibly better than the, like, uh, giant spider. But also that one was also pretty good. So that doesn't really excuse this movie from just (laughs) having a bad B plot and good visual effects. As I said, I liked the practical effects a lot. I think that carries this movie a lot. Um, And the ending helps hide away the awful human plot that was earlier. But yeah, probably, probably an oldie for me as well. Like, what's the plot? They go up, they 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 shoot a few things at it, and then it fucks off? Oh, wow. All right. Well, there we go. That was was a battle, I guess. 
there's also like not a lot of score or anything to elevate a lot of the sequences in the movie. It's just pretty flat a lot of the time too, which doesn't help. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a relatively cheap movie. It was like fifteen hundred thousand dollars, mm. maybe something like that. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars, yeah. Which is like compared to last week, we did a twenty thousand leagues under the sea last week, which cost about nine million, which was the most expensive movie of of all time as of mm. nineteen fifty four. Comparing that to a movie that costs like not even a tenth of that budget, it's like oh, this is rough. <laughs> it, it it that comparison definitely didn't help it, which is why I watched Tarantula first, very specifically to try and remove that uh, comparison. I I still it was still bad. Yeah, that's a shame. I I unfortunately watched it came from beneath the sea first and uh, almost fell asleep. I was um, apparently <laughs> deliriously just falling asleep on the couch watching this one. <laughs> I remember the movie, but apparently I was just falling asleep. Uh, yeah, I've seen Godzilla before, so I don't, I don't, doesn't, I don't get the the appeal of it. I don't know. I like some of the visual effects. I think some of the acting is incredibly camp and pretty funny. Uh, but as an overall plot, I'm just, it's just not interesting. Just a bunch of men being like, "Oh, look at the sonar. There's a sh- there's a giant creature there, but let's look at it for ten minutes. Let's let's look at that for ten minutes." It's also, both of these movies don't have, like, I- innovative creature design. Godzilla is a, a creature that was designed for a movie. Both of these movies are just a big octopus and a big spider. Mm. It's like, we've seen sp- octopuses, octopi, and spiders before. You got to give us something else to work with. <laughs> exactly. And I love big creatures. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who from the 60s is, oh, there's a giant cat chasing them. Um, <laughs> I I love that sort of stuff. It's very funny, uh, but uh, yeah, a giant a giant octopus wasn't particularly exciting. I, there was some fun stuff that we'll get into. I think in the bonus battle though, with like mm, mm. how they kind of showed its weaknesses and then how they used that against them. It was kind of cool. But yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it came from beneath the sea a big oldie as well. Uh, tarantula though, Robert, what do you reckon? This one was a lot more fun. I'm gonna just front lo- mm. you know front load it there. Yep. I think the big difference is first of all I. Th- the uh maybe just the fact that it is a and footage of an actual spider i was just immediately more convinced by that <laughs> i think it's just the power of like of uh i i guess they're both practical effects but this was just like literal footage of a spider and yeah, in a way yeah, it yeah. looked it looked super dated they both kind of did but it worked for me. Like, I don't know. Even when the spider's outside the window towards the end of the movie, and it's clearly just like a screen. It's just like, this looks awful, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, more of this. <laughs> uh, I thought John Agar as the Dr. Hastings, the, the lead character, I thought he had sort of like a fun swagger and kind of playfulness to him. Whereas yeah. uh, Commander Matthews in the other one is just so stoic and just like, oh, why isn't she into me yet? I don't understand. Mm. Yeah, well, like Matt Hastings, he reminded me of like a Kyle McLaughlin, whereas uh, yeah. a Pete Matthews is like, I don't know, he's like Ben Mendelsohn or something in the lead. I'm like, eh, you're a better side character. <laughs> <laughs> like like watching watching Tarantula, I was thinking to myself, like if they ever remade this specific movie, not that they really need to, because there's a lot of giant monster movies out there. Uh, it, it would be like a Bill Hader kind of part. Like oh, yeah. he has to seem smart and seem kind of kind of 
flirty and and sort of and, and but still kind of playful and keeping everything light, but maintaining the stakes of the giant spider that's running loose. And, and alluding to what you guys were saying earlier, like there's a whole body horror element here that I think is really interesting. Mm. That did also remind me of the fly, yeah, with Doctor Deemer and that the his like face consistently in a state of melting basically it's unclear if they're aging or just decaying uh but all of that stuff like even if you even without the the giant spider like i thought the b plot was way more engaging uh just with those characters and the 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 assistants uh that were that sort of you know lost it at varying points and had that um that all of that so long story short uh definitely a goodie for me like i thought this was pretty pretty solid pretty fun Oh, awesome. A goodie for Tarantula. How about you, Zach? Well, we came for the eight-legged freaks, but we stayed for the acromegalia. <laughs> acromegalia, <laughs> nice. yeah. Uh, because, uh, as you mentioned, yeah, the body horror and stuff. Acromegalia, they uh, mentioned it a million times during the film. They sure do. Uh, and I was down for it. I was down for it. This This film, very silly, very dumb, but very fun. And I enjoyed it a lot. The the B plot with the scientist and the mad scientist and the sort of the the lead up to why there's a giant like tarantula roaming through the US eating cattle uh, was pretty <laughs> decent. Was pretty decent. Like we figure out like why this is happening. Yeah. And all that. And it's pretty great. And the movie stops for a little nature documentary to explain why it's doing that as well, which is excellent. You know, it covers yeah. all its yeah. bases. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, I wasn't expecting that. I was like, psh, leaving bones and stuff like that. The, the, the spider would just uh, eject them and then slurp its innards. And then they talk about that. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, props to you, movie. I'm so sorry. I'll back off. You, you explained it. Uh, I'm going to give it a goodie. I like this movie a lot. I had a great fun. Hell yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, I agree. I um, I mean, I'm glad that I watched uh, the octopus one first because my my expectations were so low. I was expecting something awful. So just the start of Tarantula, I was like, this is really fun. It's so cheesy and pretty much exactly what I want from a '50s monster film without getting into how like boring a lot of them are. This one wasn't that boring, um, mm. which is a surprise. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a goodie as well, um, pretty much for every reason that you have all said. I also just liked the characters more as well, that they had more charisma and everything, which is, unfortunately, that is important yeah. with a movie like this. Because if you've got boring characters, as we saw with the octopus film, you're like, I don't I don't care about <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If your characters are going off to, you know, find Merlin's staff to help, Optimus Prime, like, I'm not going to be down with that movie. That that sounds like a garbage movie. That was a very specific reference. What? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Movies with human characters that I could not give a shit about. I love Chad Yeager or whatever his name is. <laughs> fucking Mark Wahlberg's name is in those Oh movies. my god. Oh, it was the worst. <sighs> I, would, I would gladly watch um, Beneath the Sea again. <laughs> than that movie. Yeah, when are you going to do the Transformers movies, <laughs> Robert? On franchise uh, I don't know if I want to subject myself to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fast. That's a good call. That's a good call. Well, howdy there. It's me, Sally McSeller, and I've got a new ad from Sanjo and Zach. A few months ago, the boys did two episodes on the Cat People movies, and now on Patreon, they've got a brand new one on the 80s remake. 
Now, when I heard that they were doing the third part of the Cat People series on Patreon, I said, that's a bit scummy, boys. And they were like, we know, but capitalism. So I was like, well, you better give the listeners a clip so that they have a reason to go subscribe to Patreon. And here it is. It does everything that I wanted from a remake of the first one, because I like the, the original as well. It does everything better in that that first one is like, if I kiss someone, I might turn to a panther. And this one, it's like, if I have a sex scene, yeah. then it will turn to a panther. And I was like, cool, you escalate it. You add like the cheesy 80s sort of to it. It's a little bit raunchy but also not at all because it's kind of this movie's kind of anti-horny <laughs> if you get horny watching this movie there's something wrong with you <laughs> yeah they're, they're, it's it, it is a bit like uh, a video an anti-horny video it's like if you get horny you're gonna turn into a panther and eat somebody don't get horny <laughs> yeah I've gotta say even though I disagree with the release strategy of putting the third cat people episode only on Patreon that does sound like a lot of fun and I'm gonna go over there now to patreon.com forward slash oldie but a goodie pod to check out the entire episode plus you can get ad free and early episodes of the main show yeehaw that sounds good all right well we gave one of them oldies across the board and the other one goodies across the board but that doesn't mean that we aren't doing a bonus battle even though it's obvious what the outcome's going to be <laughs> no, no 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 because because we now put aside our garbage opinions and we only deal with facts this is a scientific like we might be biased but we need to put that aside we need to put that aside and just do the science to decide which is the best film and we decide those facts crunch some numbers all right so we're gonna rate these out of 10 uh and we're gonna start off with the category of plot now we've already kind of talked a lot about the plot of both of these movies so we don't need to spend Mm. too much time discussing this but we do have to come up with a unanimous number to rate it We'll start with It Came From Beneath the Sea. Plot-wise here, I mean, yeah, it's just a giant octopus got disturbed by the H-bomb and is angry. So it's come up to where people are. It's killing them. It's killing them all. Why? I don't know. It's angry, I guess. Because <laughs> they're boring. It, 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 it wants to fight. They specifically state in the movie that it wants to fight. It doesn't want to run away or, you know, anything. It specifically wants to fight. Yeah, it's taking out all the boring humans and... uh there's no conflict if you're just 100% like, yeah, please, Octopus, just finish me off. Finish this off. Get these people <laughs> out of here. Like, keep the movie shorter. I, I'm all about it. The plot is very rough and it came from beneath the sea. I think uh, it, it's just, it's all process. Like I said earlier, it's, they see the, the, uh, the octopus. They see some disturbance on the ray, on the sonar. There's a, some tissue jammed up in the, in the, you know, in the submarine. They study this, this, this tissue. They realize it's an octopus. It's like, that's just, it's like a whole discovery process until like, what, the last 20 minutes of this thing? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And most of it, like, we'll get to it later, but most of it is like, that weird romance, uh, which, by the way, it's its own it's it's its own category. We'll get to the romances later. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, romance is its own category. <laughs> That's its own category. <laughs> nice. I know which is losing that category. <laughs> it's yeah, it's so procedural. It is like I'm not surprised at all that this was uh, like primarily a drive-in movie because it's a film you pay a te- like you you give it a third of your attention while you're mm. I don't know doing literally anything else. You're reading in the car. I mean, you you could be doing that while half watching the movie. <laughs> you could be falling asleep like Sandra. That's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it feels like the kind of movie that's made for 
uh, horny teenagers at the drive-in in 55 <laughs> to go there, make out, fool around, whatever. And then by the time the interesting stuff happens, they're already done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're done. And it's like, oh, what's happening with the movie? Oh, look, a giant octopus. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost time to that. I certainly, yeah, I ha- I hated the plot up until we got to the monster. And I actually uh, liked the whole monster combat that we had. Like, they came up to it in the submarine. And it just, the the size comparison, I was like, damn, that's a, that's a big-ass octopus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Versus the, like, tiny submarine and then them going in. And at- I, I liked them going in and actually taking it on, head-on, like, with our main characters. I thought that was slightly better than Tarantula. Yeah. Like, the the idea of the ending was better, uh, not necessarily the execution. Yeah, because Tarantula kind of ends with, like, a deus ex machina sort of. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, if if you put the plots on paper, I like the, uh, the, the octopus defeat more, where they have, like, this little uh, electric f- field that they've put on, which is pissed it the fuck off and it won't fuck off so they have to go and blow it up and then they go and blow it up but oh no things go wrong and then yeah like yeah and i i liked that uh it doesn't excuse the rest of the movie again i hated the toddler that was the captain um i hated that they still got together anyway and it's just like ah uh, yeah uh, Although uh. I, did, I didn't mind the first maybe like five minutes where it's I was like, oh no, have I been tricked into watching a submarine movie? Because it is kind of like a submarine mm. movie for oh, the first yeah. five yeah. minutes. That was kind of cool, where it's like, you see the politics on board and... Uh, and <laughs> that was funny. You know, yeah, that was quite fun. I liked as well how that there's a point, I think in like the middle portion, where they're shining a light onto a regular-sized octopus that's kind of like hiding away from the light. Mm. And then a big part about having to feed it is that they shine an even bigger light on the octopus and then it does the same thing. And they, uh, I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's Chekhov's light or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, their defeating of the octopus was pretty good. They're like sort of study of it right. to be like, oh, this might work on it or this might work on it. That sort of thing. That made sense to me. And I was, I was on board. The rest of it, mm. Yeah. So in terms of plot... Out of 10 or out of 5, what do we reckon? Uh, 10 works for me. 10? All right, out of 10, I don't know, like a 4 is what I'm feeling? How about you, Robert? That's that. I was already thinking 4 before you said that. <laughs> yeah, I think 4 for plot. Because most of the stuff we said describing the plot that we liked was were not really plot things. <laughs> most were like, oh, the part there kicks the... Yeah, they fight it. I'm like, well, that's not plot, though, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could easily go for a 4. Uh, don't, don't you worry. <laughs> I'm only giving you bonus points for some octopus trivia. That's true. You do enjoy a good cephalophore. That's one thing that you can say about Zach. Loves those. It's love true. <laughs> um, famously. Love those giant suckers on the Golden Gate Bridge. That's what you, <laughs> that's what you I'm, like. a, I'm a sucker for suckers. You know, <laughs> what can I say? All right. Well, then moving over to Tarantula, it is definitely a bit better because you've not only got the plot with the giant uh, creature, but you've also got a bit of a mystery going on about what these mad scientists are up to. And then the reasoning <laughs> as to what they're doing is also really interesting because you've got these scientists mm. making giant creatures because they're like, by the year 2000, there's going to be too many humans. How are we going to feed them all? Giant cows. <laughs> yeah, that's how we're going to do that it. makes sense. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, this is this is pretty, this is pretty big, big brain. Just make yeah. things bigger, more food, more stuff. I also like how 
the fact that it's a t- giant tarantula is almost circumstantial. Like we almost could have had a giant rabbit or a giant yeah. rat, <laughs> a giant hamster. Like, is this the beginning of a tarantula shared universe? Like, give me the giant hamster movie. Let's go for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's almost like they started with, because with it came from beneath the sea, they obviously were like, they started with the idea of giant octopus. Whereas with Tarantula, it's like, did they start with the sci-fi mad scientist plot? Is that mm. where they started? Or did they start with the Tarantula, but then actually thought through what the plot was going to be? Um, it felt a lot more thought through. It felt like they actually had writers on, on, on that <laughs> That one. always helps. They hired writers. Yeah. Ah, that's <laughs> that's the ticket. <laughs> that's that's kind of what you need. Hey, Hollywood, you need writers, don't you? Maybe maybe pay them. Maybe pay, yeah, maybe pay them. <laughs> <laughs> Only facts, guys, here. Only facts, all right? None of these opinions. I'm starting to hear some opinions again. Bring it back to facts. <laughs> uh, the fact is, uh, my opinion of this film is good, so I'm going to say the plot was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked the weird disease sort of plot, and he's like, acromegula, or whatever the fuck it's called. Acromegalia, um, which, by the way, is nothing like what it is shown in the movie. <laughs> of course, I, yeah, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, uh, hey, the Doctor's never seen it before, so he can't correct them. Uh, I love the intro, where it's just, we see the scientist in the desert all weirded out, and I was like, what? What? This is my tarantula movie. What the fuck is happening? I definitely loved the the random uh, like specimens in the cages yeah. where they were all getting bigger. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I could see giant hamster, giant mouse, giant <laughs> rabbit, you know. And then the, uh, you see the tarantula. I'm like, oh, yeah, this one. And I, I particularly liked they had like an injection chart. Yes. And I believe the tarantula had the most injections because mm. it had the most time there as well. It was up to like its sixth injection, I think, based off the chart or something. Yeah. So there was a little sort of hint is like, this one's had the most. Mm, wonder what that could mean. Mm. Indeed. Mm. <laughs> Unfortunately, rabbit with an exclamation point didn't have quite the <laughs> cachet with the marketing. Otherwise, <laughs> we might have changed that around. I would love giant killer rabbit movie. That would be so fun. Yeah, it's also interesting to to what you guys were saying. I, I it seemed, does seem like it came from beneath the sea. It was just like we want a giant octopus, Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> can you do that? And he's like, sure. And then here, this is based on an episode of a television series called Science Fiction Theater, and that episode was called No Food for Thought, which leads me to believe that. The plot was way more focused on the nutrient and the mad scientist stuff. Mm, And that they were like checking the box office. They're like, okay, people just want giant animal stuff. So let's throw it, have a giant animal spin out of this screenplay that we've written based on this television episode. And, and because of that, it feels like kind of two, like kind of two different sci fi horror movies at the same time, which is really cool. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I also liked that whole plot of, hey, we're going to run out of feud in the future. Like, that's like a thing, a resource problem. How are we going to fix that? Oh, we've got this superfood that we're making. This way we can make giant creatures, give them superfood, and we can eat them, and then we'll have plenty of food for everyone. I was like, hey, that seems pretty good to me. That checks all the boxes. I I see no way this could possibly go wrong. (laughs) Zero ways. Um, And then everything went wrong, and I was like, oh, damn. (laughs) Yeah, so that episode of science fiction theater, so that is an episode that came out, actually, surprisingly enough, it came out 
just before It Came From Beneath the Sea came out in 1955. Uh, Directed by the same guy. The screenplay is by Robert M. Fresco, who is also a co-writer on the movie. And yeah, that's about uh, a biologist and his staff test synthetic food that have proved fatal to animals. They test it on themselves. And, Zach, it stars our Prime Minister, John Howard. Our old Prime Minister, John Howard's in that one. (gasps) Yeah. What? It's John Howard again? Oh, I love it when our Prime Minister, John (laughs) Howard, just gets in there. He keeps showing up in movies we're doing. Good on you, John Howard. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think you're right. I feel like... They were like, we'll just take the giant tarantula part of that <laughs> of that short story and make that the ending, which is probably why the ending, the, the final like 10 minutes of this movie does feel a little bit tacked on. It does kind of get to the part where yep. you're like, and now we kill the big tarantula with napalm. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> USA, USA. <laughs> and then it's like, the end. They're like, oh, oh, all right. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. it kind of wraps up all the plot. And then it's like, now we've got to fight the giant tarantula. Although I guess there is the part where like it attacks the house and everything, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the house attack. Oh, that was so great with its giant face, like sitting in the window. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, this is so stupid. I love it. It's great. And she just doesn't see this giant fucking spider face just sitting there watching. I was like, holy shit. It's that classic thing of like, it doesn't start shaking the ground until she's noticed that it's there. It's like, you would have heard that thing coming. It's massive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although tarantulas, I don't know, like spiders are pretty careful with how they walk. So who who knows? Yeah, They They could tread quite quietly. Yeah, never know. They also state how fast it is. And it's interesting, and I'm going to turn into a nerd now, um, <laughs> it's interesting spiders, if they were that large, mm. they don't move their muscles by, like, constricting and contracting their muscles. They don't. That's not how they move their limbs. They actually move with a, uh, like, a pump system, like... Uh, heavy machinery. Oh, cool. How they pump oil up and down to make things move. That's how spiders move. They they are essentially like robots. Mm. And they, you know, pump fluids into their legs to, like, push them out and move them. And they do that repeatedly. Which is why when a spider dies, it sort of curls up. Because that's naturally where its its uh, legs want to go, and it just pumps fluid into. I think it uses blood, and it just pumps them full of blood to move them. So a spider doing that could actually do that to a large scale. The problem would be oxygen for it, but you know, <laughs> true, true. This is an 80s movie, whatever. Don't worry about it. Wow, just like <laughs> the movie, we stopped for a science lesson halfway through. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of all the things, that that one could be a quite a big one. I could believe that. Okay, that's really cool. Well, um, out of 10, I'm feeling pretty high. I'm like a 7.5, maybe. I feel like they put a lot of effort into the plot of Tarantula, and it shows. I was going to give it an 8. I was going to just chuck a big old 8 on it. I was at like a 7, but I could definitely, I could go for an 8. I think it's, it was really good. We didn't even mention the scene where there's like giant pools of the venom. Venom. That he like scoops up, <laughs> like gives it a taste. He's like, mm, uh, this is no good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does something. It's <laughs> like, hmm, this is insect venom. Hmm, very strange. <laughs> hey, what the fuck are you talking about, Doc? The cuppy insect villain, you're full of shit. 
I feel like the only bad part of the plot, though, is when he's like, I'm going to catch a plane and go to, to, to this different state and talk to a random doctor for like, <laughs> <laughs> for like five minutes. And then, oh, no, how am I going to get back home? That was, yeah, that part. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But the Venom stuff, yeah, which leads into that. Well, it sounds like we could meet in the middle, go 7.5. 7.5? That sounds like that would be fair. I think 7.5 is good. All right, let's get on to the next category, which is boring human characters. Tarantula, zero out of ten. <laughs> Think of the sea, ten out of ten. Most boring. <laughs> um, no, wait. So, so, what? What are we rating these films? Are we rating them on what, how, how, like the success of the human characters, or how boring they are? I mean, the category is most boring human characters, but I feel like you need to get a one if you're incredibly boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we should be rating them on how interesting the boring human characters were <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and how interesting the B plot was, not how boring they were. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, with It Came From Beneath the Sea, you got Pete Matthews. He's like, I'm, I'm a commander. I like Leslie Joyce, but that John Carter from Mars, he's always there and he's annoying me. <laughs> he's not John Carter from Mars. He's just got the same name as John Carter from Mars. Mm. <laughs> he does have John Carter. Yeah. <laughs> no, I noticed that too. And then every, other than that, it's a bunch of like just military dudes. And that's pretty much, yeah, that's your cast. Although we're famously oldie but a goodie, we're pro-military, like famously pro-military. Uh, didn't didn't enjoy it as much in this film, you know. No. Wasn't as patriotic as I really wanted, you know. Yeah, there's just not much going on. I feel like I would have liked it if he was a dad who's just trying to reconnect with his long lost son. Like I feel like that's a plot that I would have enjoyed in this film. Yeah, they really need to explore that more in giant monster movies. I yeah. feel it's a really niche that hasn't been uh, looked into enough. <laughs> it's my favorite part of. Monster. Movies. I'm the guy from Kick-Ass. I'm from Godzilla. I gotta go find my kid. Where's my kid? I feel like I'd be in the dad now. There's a giant monster stopping me from hanging out with my kid. Really, I uh, what I'm looking for in a monster movie is a divorced couple oh, uh, with a favorite. child from the divorced couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. a monster shows up and it's like, oh my god, I need to get back together with my significant <laughs> other. But then my significant other's actually evil? What? Oh, no. Yeah. I hate it when that happens oh what about oh i'm a kid and i'm gonna find my dad then th now that one that's a big twist that's a big twist oh you're on the just genre. gonna find your dad oh but usually it's the dad <laughs> who has to find the son oh yeah. my god what a subversion of expectations <laughs> <laughs> anyway those were all theoretical but yeah the, the, clearly the plot of this one's bad enough that we're talking about other ones it's pretty bad i was gonna say they're so boring that we're naming other tropes <laughs> from other movies <laughs> we're like something to keep us awake during this podcast because geez it's got to be a one shot or well, maybe like one point i enjoyed some of the performances i feel like the guy playing pete matthews he's so bad it's hilarious it's, yeah he's so uncharismatic it's very funny at points <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i would rate it a two I liked the whole ending of it and the, the sort of scientist. I liked that the female was, like, a scientist in this, but she was also just like, I don't want to bang, but, up, oh, you're a man. I guess I have to. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, I hate this. Oh. And there was that whole, like, running theme of, like, Oh, she's a new breed of. Fe I'm an incel. She's a new breed of female because she's she works. <laughs> she thinks. Oh my god, terrifying! I thought that was that. Both of these movies had sort of commentary on women. <sighs> 
They think they can do stuff? What up with that? <laughs> this movie's... But this is the one category... This is maybe the one thing I'll, I'll give this movie, except for another one, which we'll get to later. Uh, it did seem more progressive in that the... John Carter of Mars was like, oh, you know, this new breed of woman who who think they're as, as good as men. And they are. And I was like, wow, okay, 1955 movie. That's actually a surprise. Whereas the other one, they just sort of hand wave. It is, uh, I think the character has some, a line, something like, oh, you know, you women get the, the right to vote. And then suddenly they will look what you get, lady scientists. <laughs> and then that's pretty much all you get there. But this movie ends on like, yeah, she's the most capable character in this movie. And I'm like, I'm aware. I've been watching the movie. I get it. Uh, she should have been the lead. Maybe that would have been a little, would have been able to salvage mm. the human characters a little bit. Um, but yeah, I thought that was weird. Yeah, not quite there yet. No. no. Um, I, I reckon a two is pretty good. What do you think, Robert? I think that's obviously leaning towards two as well. Yeah. We'll go two for It Came From Beneath the Sea. There's no character depth in Tarantula, but I think the characters get something to do, which is yeah. the main guy, he gets to investigate stuff. Well, the human characters die, which is great. There's That's a lot true. of acromegalia going around, and there's like <laughs> these scientists, and there's a sort of mystery. The mystery plot actually really, you know, helps, because it's like, what the fuck is happening with these scientists? Yeah. What's up with this scientist? What's up with acromegalia? Did I mention acromegalia yet? <laughs> um, and then you just have, in the background, there's just a spider creeping around eating livestock, and it's great, you know? I was like, oh, I'm aboard with this. It's pretty cool, and, like, you've got the sheriff, you've got the, um, the guy who works for the paper, just a whole bunch of, just a whole bunch of characters who kind of hang out for a bit. The, the characters in this movie have personality, I think, is the word we're looking for. Like, yeah. In, in a film like this you need it's really all about how they react to stuff in the other movie they're like we found this sample let's analyze it and this is what the <laughs> this is what the results were here there you know there's the whole there's chemistry between the the two uh the two leads which we'll get to in a minute there's um you know there's the the she's calling him on the phone being like oh i'm really worried about dr deemer like they actually have emotional reactions to the the crazy stuff happening around them as opposed to just flatly being like let me present our findings and i'm like okay i don't really care um so yeah i liked when the woman consented <laughs> yes there's that that's too. a good one too yeah this film has consent it, it gets an extra point <laughs> for a consensual kiss at the end that yeah that definitely helps me. And also, uh, I feel like Tarantula gets an extra bonus point as well, because um, we do have a uncredited cast member in this movie, in oh. the role of one of the Deus Ex Machina uh, Jet Squadron members at the end of the movie who show up. Fucking Clint Eastwood's in this movie. What? <laughs> I'm like, that's Clint Eastwood. What's he doing in this? That's crazy. Oh, there you go. So he shows up at the end as well. Um, he's he's not a character, but he's there. I feel like he mm. was he already popular at this point. Maybe that this was just before he started getting mm. into movies. Yeah, this is like the beginning of his career. I think around there. I think this is in canon. Uh, Clint Eastwood saves the day from a giant tragedy. <laughs> there you go. The legend starts here. Yeah, he started acting in 1955. This is one of his first credits. That, that's 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 impressive. Cool. Um, yeah, I reckon like they give a lot of thought to these characters. There's some fun stuff. As you mentioned, they have emotional reactions to stuff that's actually going on. The screaming as well. Um, Stephanie lets out some pretty good screams. We've got a bit, bit of a scream queen <laughs> happening here, which is a, very important for a monster movie as well. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling like a seven maybe. I think seven. Yeah, yeah. Se- seven's good. Yeah, I just I just keep 
that scene where the giant spider is just peering in just keeps playing in my head. And it's great. Especially when you mentioned the scream. Yeah, it's like classic trope of giant monster. It's roaming around causing destruction, but it has to stop and go specifically after the woman female lead in the film, you know? It's like a Godzilla thing. I was like, oh, of course this is happening. Classic. I, I rolled my eyes, but I also had the biggest grin on my face. It was... Uh, it's very silly uh, and very fun. I liked the scientist being dumb, but being dumb for a good reason. Mm. Like, yeah. he, he's not bothering to, like, cure himself. Like, they injected themselves with the thing for no apparent reason. They were just like, eh, we want to do this quickly. So let's just skip to human trials. Pump, pump, pump. Oh, no, that's not good. No, they're dying. <laughs> oh, I liked as well, though, how um he gets injected because the guy that he was working with is like, this is kind of messed up. Can't believe you injected me. Kind of rude. I'm going to die, actually. But but before I die, <laughs> I'm going to make sure you also die. Here, have an injection. I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's really and cool. it's great. And instead of trying to cure himself, he's just like, no, I just got to prove that our work works. <laughs> I just got to prove. Uh, and then everything burns down. And he's like, no, all my work. The mm. giant hamsters. Everything. The acromegalia. God strikes again. The acromegalia. <laughs> Gollum has an unhealthy obsession about some bit of jewelry. Doesn't even know this is what the precious is. Stupid therapist. Cookie Monster's a bit of a stress eater. Cookie, cookie, cookie! And homicidal robots really just want their best friend back. I know I did and said things that she regrets, but why is that my problem? But what all these monsters really need is therapy. The podcast Therapy for Monsters finally puts monsters in a therapy chair with a real therapist. Me, Tim, your friendly neighborhood therapist. If you'd like to learn a bit and laugh a bit, check out Therapy for Monsters on your favorite podcast app. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Zach, we've seen a lot of bad romances on the podcast. Over our 240-something <laughs> episodes, we've seen a lot of really, really awful romances. But for our next category, which is romance, it came from beneath the sea, is one of the worst love triangles we've seen. <laughs> in that it's like a one-sided love triangle. It's just yeah. Pete's got a crush and that's it. That's the whole. <laughs> it's, it, here's the other thing. Is it even a love triangle? Like, is she with John not, at no. all? Kind of, maybe, not really. It's very unclear. Yeah, I don't think she's even with John Carter of Mars. No. Yeah. Like, there's nothing there. They're just friends. Yeah. I think they're just friends. And the love triangle is all in the captain's head. Because <laughs> he's an idiot. He's like, oh, not that other guy. I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? We're co-workers, <laughs> psycho. Although, to be fair... The 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 other guy in this non-existent love triangle is also pretty misogynistic as yeah. well, which yeah. just doesn't help the situation. No. No. It's just like 
It's like they had a checkbox, and one of the things was, yes. I don't know, we need women to watch this movie and be interested, so I guess we put a love story <laughs> in it. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess we try. I think that's just, just every monster movie has a love story in it for some reason, and so they're just like, oh, we have to put one in as well. We're gonna do that. Uh, yeah. how, how do women work? Does anyone know? Uh, we'll just make it up. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> It's so lazy. I will say, though, it does get a bonus point in my book, because at the very start of It Came From Beneath the Sea, in the submarine, we see uh, the commander, Commander Pete, and a guy called Griff. He's a lieutenant, and they're standing very close to, to each other, and the way that they look at each other, I saw something there. I saw a little bit of something there. <laughs> oh, I was like, no, you know what? Sasha, That's a bonus point. Up. I like it. I like this. Shut up. You can't retroactively add... <laughs> add progression into a film you did this the other week i didn't know <laughs> that's not how any of this works this gets like a 0.5 for romance they barely yeah, tried <laughs> Woof. all because it's sandra's headcanon like no that is what happens that is how i view this movie yeah 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 hey it's facts you can't say it didn't happen that's right and i mean a bunch of men on a submarine they're under the water for you know statistically yeah i mean you're not wrong but the film's not progressive. You can't add progressiveness <laughs> into films retroactively. That's not how they work. It came from beneath the sea, more like they came out beneath <laughs> the sea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are we feeling? Like a one? I don't know. Yeah. 0. 0.5? I'm down with the 0. 0.5 just dunk on this film. Because I yeah, really hated fine. the guy in this film. It, it, I did too. <laughs> Just the whole, like, thing, whenever they were interacting, if he didn't get his way, he just had a tantrum. I was like, what the, f what the fuck is this guy? He just, he doesn't get to bang this girl, so he has a tantrum, and then he forces himself on her, and I'm like, oh my god, I do not like this guy at all. And then the music would, like, the music would, like, swell in some of those scenes, like, we're supposed to be, like, swooning over this, and I'm just, no, it's not happening in movie, don't even bother. Like, yeah, it's terrible. Moving over to Tarantula, we've got Dr. Matt Hastings and we've got Stephanie Clayton, but she says, call me Steve. I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Mm. So do they call her yeah. Steve throughout the rest of the movie? Um, I don't know. Is it a romance? They got a, a meet cute where she yeah. wants to drive. Like she can't get a cab and he's like, I'm going that way and we'll get in my car. Then they just kind of keep talking. I don't know. <laughs> It's the opposite of the other movie in that it doesn't feel forced. Like, the other one, it's literally forced on one of the characters. In here, it's just kind of like, hey, we kind of like each other. Let's hang out over here. It's very loose and undefined and just, like, kind of a flirtatious relationship happening. Yeah, It feels yeah. a lot more natural. Yes. Because at first, they really don't want to be together. They have this whole thing. It's like, aren't you going to exchange names? And they're like, no. <laughs> and they just leave, which was very funny. I was not expecting that. That they're just, because of that whole contrived love story thing, I'm like, oh, look, they're being forced together. Oh, they're going to get together. But they were like, no, no, no. Actually, we're not going to be forced together. We don't want to be together. We're just, we just so happen to be going together. And then they like yeah. slowly grow in each other and they, you know, talk with each other and then they have to rely on each other and then yeah there's a bit of sparks there and i was like ah yeah you know what this is all right it's not too bad and like you know they're both charismatic enough that they can sell it mm. i am like in one mind i'm like why can't they just been friends like yeah. that, you know yeah. potentially could have made the movie better but also you know it's fine 
Whatever. There's a giant monster. We gotta stick together. Uh, look, when there's a giant tarantula roasting in the background, you know, big bonfire, things are gonna get hot, you know? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Things are gonna get nice and steamy. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What are we thinking in terms of rating this one, Robert? What do you reckon? I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, like a six? Like, solid, not amazing. Yeah. But, like, enough that it doesn't detract from the movie. It actually adds a little bit of... of uh, of color to to the to the story and to the, all the giant spider craziness that's happening. I'm happy with a six. We'll put a, we'll put a six down there for romance. It it doesn't reinvent the triangle because there isn't one. <laughs> but it does. That that that's what gives it the most bonus points. There wasn't a dumb love triangle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Let's get into what we all came here for. Giant creatures is the Woo! next category. Uh, we've got giant octopus versus giant tarantula, but there are other giant creatures in tarantula. We're only talking about the tarantula, though. We're only talking yeah, about the- Yeah, yeah. No cheating tarantula. <laughs> no adding extra giant things in, you cheater. <laughs> I reckon, like, if it came from beneath the sea, it's going to get big points from anything. It's going to be the giant octopus. Yeah. Yeah, this is its one, like, redeeming feature. Is there is a big-ass octopus, there's some cool stop-motion tentacles, and there's a man murdered on the beach, and it's a good time. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Like, that was the thing I was I was sort of referencing earlier. Like, the creature's effects in It Came From Beneath the Sea are the almost sole highlight of the movie. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. not <laughs> enough of it, and everything else around it is flat and just does not work. Uh, but the effects are really cool. And yeah. like we were saying, the tarantula is just a tarantula walking across a, a miniature set, and it's kind of obvious. It's just superimposed behind them. Uh, and it and we and we we look past it because the everything happening, every everything else happening, kind of makes it worth the worth the trip. I guess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's a good way of doing a giant spider. Yeah. Because you're not going to get more realistic than the giant tarantula. It's like yeah, definitely. You, that is a tarantula. So there's nothing more realistic. That's true. But uh, yeah. Yeah, and I reckon as well. Like with tarantula, there was a part that I noted down where. It's like walking across a hill or something. I quite like how they composited it onto shots. Like, it looked mm. fairly realistic. Mm. The shadow work was pretty cool. But there is one scene where it's like walking across a hill. And they must have run, like, ran out of footage of this tarantula walking across this hill. Because they just reverse the footage. <laughs> it just, like, starts walking backwards for, like, a couple seconds before they cut to a different scene. Like, yeah, yeah. the tarantula is... I mean, I don't know. They do sell it. Like, it is impressive. I like the stuff where it goes in for the kill and you kind of see its point of view and the music was really cool. But the giant octopus on the Golden Gate Bridge was very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. The Golden Gate Bridge, I think, definitely added a lot because uh, that that whole cliche of uh, it's like, oh, giant monsters attacking. Oh, look, there's the bridge. She's going for it. <laughs> it's a recognizable landmark. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I've been to that bridge. I've seen that bridge before. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've seen it in X-Men, one of them. Yeah, X-Men, uh, the, last st- the Last Stand, yeah. yeah. I've wanted to destroy this bridge as well. I can relate <laughs> to this octopus now. You know, it's it's good. And I love, I liked particularly the stop motion. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that definitely gives it big points in my book because I'm a big fan of stop motion and practical effects like that. The whole, like, grabbing the submarine, big thing. I loved when they shot the missile at it. We didn't go into detail about that, but the whole ending of this film is they they, you know... 
<laughs> use like hand propelled bazooka missiles underwater um, to go shoot it up and uh, explode it. And the whole like there's a scene where the missile like embeds itself yeah. in the octopus and it's yeah. like a little squish. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. That was really impressive. Yeah. And then they had to like rapidly swim away because then the octopus explodes <laughs> violently. And I was like, fuck yeah. Uh, I was like, ah, oh, it's very silly. Yeah, it was good fun. And we see like um, some parts where like it attacks some ships and stuff. We see uh, a backdrop of like the tentacles kind of like waving as the people on the boat are like, oh no, there's a giant octopus. <laughs> that mm. all looks, you know, like it's kind of obvious how they did it but it looked fun i i particularly loved when a random guy on the beach just got completely fucked <laughs> they were like hey this character doesn't believe he's making fun of the main character he's like the sea creatures what are you the silly woman <laughs> i hate women i'm a <laughs> terrible person boom murdered by an octopus i was like fuck yeah yeah uh so yeah i'm thinking and eight for our eight-legged friend i'm gonna throw it out there it's a very high score but i need to throw this movie a bone you know Mm -hmm. no i agree i was gonna say eight one for each for one for each leg (laughs) one for each leg i think that's good and i I, and i don't think the other one's gonna be too far off either but i think you gotta give this movie the edge where you can and this is the place to do it for sure yeah with tarantula i think the thing with tarantula is like the visuals of the giant tarantula don't sell it. The music sells it. The acting mm. sells it. Mm. There is that close-up of its face yes. in the that one scene that keeps playing in my <laughs> mind. Gonna, they also use it like three times in the movie, the same shot of like, and every time he attacks, yeah. Oh, and it's great every it time because you just see it in the background and this lady's just not paying attention. I'm like, <laughs> how the fuck are you missing that? It's right fucking there. But whatever they did for that sort of practical effect where they made up a spider face with like fangs, but it's also got like jaw teeth in it to make yep. it look even more menacing, which was kind of funny. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, the, that was pretty great. And I did like the whole um, miniaturized thing. I think that's a clever way of doing it. And mm. it it works. I know this isn't the monster, but we have the giant hamster and the giant mouse thing and they're like, They've literally, like, just zoomed in on videos and then plastered them into cages. I was like, ah, that's clever. I like that. I like that a lot. That's good fun. That was still, like, really impressive, though, because he's got, like, the giant hamster. He's got the clipboard with the information about, like, when it's been injected and stuff. And I was like, where does the set end? Is the bars also zoomed in? Are they a part of the video that's playing in the background. Yeah. But then he hangs something on the bars. I'm like, that's so clever. Like, you're hiding. Yeah. Like, it, it just looked really cool and like, well done. I was I was quite surprised by that scene because I'm like, where does the picture itself actually end? I can't tell. The depth in Tarantula was really, really well done. But also it is just footage of the Tarantula going <laughs> for a stroll. So, I don't know. Yeah, there is a bit of that whole thing where you as a person now, could probably go make Tarantula. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we could probably make Tarantula now with the modern technology helping us out. Yeah, but nowadays it's going to be a giant CGI Tarantula played by James Corden and it's going to be like, (laughs) oh, I'm singing and dancing. And then it's... There's a giant eight-foot Tarantula in the Wild West. (laughs) But we had that giant metal spider in Wild Wild West. Wicked, 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 Wild Wild West. Yeah, so I mean... Wicked, Wild Wild West. (laughs) 
in the pantheon of giant cinematic spiders, I would say this is, uh, you know, in the mix. Oh, dear. I, I love the story of that one is there was just a guy in the studio execs who really wanted a fucking giant spider in a film. Yeah, well, the spider was originally meant to be in the Nicolas Cage Superman movie. Yeah. It was, like, meant to be Spider Brainiac, and they're like, I'll put it in Wild Wild West, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he was just obsessed with a giant spider, and whenever he was a part of any filmmaking thing, he tried to push it, yeah. and it, and in that one, he managed to push it in, and that's why they have a giant spider, because he just wanted one. It's so good. Which is fantastic. It's so funny. That's a real passion project, Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I guess so. Absolutely. Mild spoilers for the Flash, but there's a <gasps> the, there is the giant spider that does show up briefly in that movie. Oh wow! Uh, which you'll see. I have not seen that film yet. Like most of the world, um, <laughs> I have not watched the Flash yet. <laughs> I was not told great things. So where we, where do we think Tarantula versus the giant octopus? What are we thinking? I'm thinking giving it an eight. Lol. Um, <laughs> they're both eight legged eight points. I mean, one per leg again. <laughs> one per leg. I'm feeling like a five or a six personally, but if you want to go higher, we can I was go thinking higher. like a six. I was thinking like a six because it's it's yeah. it's decent. It does the job well, but like we said, it's everything around it that makes it work. The creature effects are are way more impress- impressive in the other one, I think, and we gotta like give it a little bit of a of a, of a mm. lead yeah 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 absolutely uh give it six for each legs ignoring two <laughs> six That's for right. each legs ignoring the front two yeah. yeah yeah we don't care about them i don't know what to do for the final category i have the idea of like we did this for our dracula versus frankenstein episode where like we rated them out of which one was the most deadly but i feel like they're both reasonably deadly so so we can do a different final category if you want i'm not sure i'm not sure i mean we get we get <sighs> We get multiple kill sequences in Tarantula, I think. Mm. So it, it almost feels like more of a... It has a little bit of a slasher vibe where... Yeah, perhaps more scary. Yeah. Like the suspense or something of it. Yeah. Perhaps more terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Because Deadly, uh, the octopus does kill a guy. Kills, like, we do yeah. see someone killed. Whereas the Tarantula, I think, mostly deals with cattle. I don't think... Does it kill it attacks, anyone? Yes, there's a couple, I think, sequences of, yeah, of that. I mean, a lot of the death in Tarantula is from doctors injecting themselves with, with <laughs> stuff. Body count, I guess. But if we go, like, if we go terrifying, I have arachnophobia, so uh, auto winner, but also, <laughs> you know, giant octopus murdering people is pretty scary. If I, going from my subnautica experience, oh, yeah. though... Uh, the water is fucking terrifying by itself. Mm. You don't need anything in there for it to be terrifying. Water's just scary. It's liquid. But um, uh, giant octopus being in there, rattling your submarine around, I'd be, if I was in that submarine, I'd be like, holy fucking shit, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. this shit, I'm, I'm pretty out. scared right now. That's true. It's also, to get away from the octopus, just stay away from the water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, And you're like, it'll never get me here. The, the ocean is miles away. And uh, but the, the spider, I don't know what to get away from the spider. Go on the water, in the water. I don't because I don't think mm. it swims. So there's more. Oh, there are swimming spiders though. So I don't think tarantulas swim though. I don't think the giant tarantula knows how to swim. But there's more no. water on the earth than land, technically. True. So we also mostly live on land. We do. Um, I mean, 
currently we're stuck in a submarine deep at the bottom of the right ocean. Now. That's well, yeah. and one of us is a monkey. Yeah. So yeah, and you're you're a monkey. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, but okay. um, the, the, uh, traditionally, most people stay on land. Like a majority of them. So it being a land-based creature definitely does make it a bit more scarier. I feel like though the giant octopus is harder to kill than the tarantula because what did, like with just the tarantula it's like yeah we just get the army they napalm it there we go done <laughs> light it on fire yeah yeah whereas the octopus requires a bit more effort I don't know how would you rate it came from beneath the sea then Zach on this scale uh certainly terrifying if you're in the water there is that big category yeah uh you know that caveat. Uh, the if you're not in the water, it's a lot less scary. But octopuses can come on land. They are able to essentially hold their breaths for a while, which is where you see the guy getting murdered. Um, it destroyed the um the Golden Gate Bridge as well. Like it did actually destroy some human stuff as well, which is you know. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is that possibility of it like crawling into a city from the thing, smashing shit up, and crawling back. Uh, a bit like Godzilla sort of thing. Yeah. So there is that sort of terror there. But overall, I don't think it's super terrifying. It's just a big octopus boy. Uh, you know? Ooh, five? Five? Six? This is a tricky one. Because it's like, it's like I have a strategy in place for either of these situations, should they ever occur. <laughs> <laughs> so so we know we know what our game plans are. Uh, I have napalm in the fridge right now, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, that being said, if you live inland enough, you're you're not you're the, there's there'll be you know you'll see an a giant octopus warning on the news. You'll be like, oh, the giant octopus <laughs> is striking again, everyone. Time to yeah. evacuate. Yeah. The spider is just gonna it, it move a lot quicker. First of all, on land, which doesn't help. So I'm getting. I mean, I I'm feeling like the tarantula is gonna win out. So uh, maybe like a. We have six for the octopus and then like a seven or eight for the for the tarantula. Let's give it eight for all eight legs. Yeah, exactly. Eight for all eight legs. There we go. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Because good Lord, arachnophobia is not fun. <laughs> and the way they move, the, the that whole like piston system that they have for their legs, terrifying when they move quickly. Mm. Absolutely terrifying. And they very specifically say in the movie that it is a fast creature that it can approach quickly, even with its big size, which may be not realistic, but definitely terrifying. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking fast giant land monster? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, no, thank you. So I'm thinking uh, six for octopus and eight for uh, tarantula. Excellent. Well, we'll lock that in. I'll quickly do some math, and we'll, uh, we'll see which one wins out. So out of a total of 50 points, coming in at 20.5... Mm. Which you know, it's like a two-star review. It's not too bad. It came from beneath the sea. Yeah, not not quite reaching that fifty percent. Yeah, not yeah. quite reaching fifty percent. It came from beneath the sea, uh, coming in at second, or as I'd like to say, right at the bloody bottom. This movie sucks. Actually, <laughs> don't watch it. <laughs> bottom of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, uh, twenty point five for it came from beneath the sea. But then taking the winning spot, thirty four point five out of fifty points, is, uh, tarantula, which is pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who could have predicted this outcome? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like that pretty much breaks down, like, that's how I would rate these movies, too. Like, yeah. the first one, two out of five, and the other one, like, three and a half out of five. Like, solid. Good movie. Enjoyable. Yeah. 
I mean, I fell asleep during the octopus one. I'm going to give it a one, but, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is objective science. Exactly. You know, we've got to look past our individuals and just do the scientific fact. And we came to it, <laughs> and I think we can all agree it's scientifically perfect. That's and right. there's no other way we could have done that. All right, I'm going to give you both a bit of a quiz right now. Um, I've got two quotes. Ooh. Two quotes. One quote from each movie. I want you to guess which quote is from which. Jumping Jupiter. <laughs> Someone's reaction to seeing a giant creature. Um, Robert, which movie do you think it's from? Oh boy! <laughs> I hope it's from. It came from beneath the sea, but it, uh, for this era, it could be either one of these. <laughs> I'm gonna say beneath the sea. Okay. Ooh. Well, I'm. I. I think this is from the giant spider. I think that when I saw that giant spider, I was like, jumping Jupiter. That's a big ass tarantula. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm. I'm gonna go with uh, the tarantula on this one. All right. And I'm not going to reveal which one because, of course, if I do reveal it, you'll know the what the one? next quote is from. Right. The other quote is, "I like the winter and the snow, but snow is cold." Oh God. <laughs> Zach, which film is it from? <laughs> Okay, well, breaking this down, um, what? Uh, but also, uh, in the tarantula one, we light the tarantula on fire, which would give warmth. So maybe they're like, maybe a nice warm tarantula. Uh, it's also more land-based, which would deal with that. I think maybe they talk about the winter and stuff. I don't know. I'm going with the spider again and want to retroactively change my previous answer but i won't i'm just gonna pick spider (laughs) on both and i'll be right on one of them (laughs) i was gonna say beneath the sea on both because (laughs) i I don't think any of us would argue that the dialogue in either of these movies is the strongest point but there's that scene and it came from beneath the sea where they're talking about oh all of these things could be potential leads for this for the spider and it's like all over the world different things happening and uh i feel like like maybe that line ties in there somewhere. I'm gonna say beneath the sea for both of them. Oh, they do mention like heat yeah. is a thing they try and use on the octopus. Ah, oh, and the lady does like winter in that one. Oh shit, it is. It is such a lot. Well, you already locked your answer in though. Robert is correct. Ah, the snow shit. line came from it came from beneath the sea. <laughs> um, I don't even think they're talking about anything scientific. It's just Matt and uh, not Matt. What's Ugh. his name? I always forget that guy's Pete name. Matthews. It, Pete, Pete Matthews. Pete Matthews. Yeah, he's talking to Leslie, and she's like. I like the winter and snow. And he's like, but snow is cold or something. They're at like some dinner event. (laughs) I can warm you up, Leslie. It's like that kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And jumping Jupiter does come from tarantula. It's when the sheriff sees the tarantula for the first time. Jumping Jupiter. (laughs) Just some random quotes I wrote down. There we go. That's the whole episode. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, Robert, for this bonus part. Yeah, absolutely. Do I have to still be a monkey or can I like transfer back before I leave? Yeah, yeah, when you're sent to the human day, you'll be turned back into a human. You might perfect. see some side effects, you know, extra hair growing, maybe a tail. But yeah. that's that's perfectly normal. That's perfectly normal. That's fine. I'll, I'll make do. Um, if people want to check out your podcasts, where can they do that? Where can they check you out on social media as well? Yeah, so our Crooked Table Productions shows, Franchise Detours and Close Watch are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, and other podcatchers, as well as CrookedTable.com. You can find me on uh, Twitter or X, I guess, as we're calling it now, uh, and other social media at Crooked Table. Yeah, and the, it links to the episode descriptions there. Um, yeah, I've been on 
franchise detours a bunch we did muppets in space together i feel like we did another one. Oh yeah uh curse of chucky was it yeah i think so yeah and then also beverly kills cop three because zach and i have already done one and two here on the podcast and so we will never get a chance <laughs> yeah. to review three so if we jumped on yours <laughs> to check that out that's such a fun episode make sure to check that one out if you haven't heard it yet absolutely all the links in the episode description we're on all the stuff and things as well uh thanks to everyone who has reviewed us on apple podcasts on spotify that really helps get the show out in front of brand new ears um all eyes i guess uh if you're watching us on youtube uh, everyone over there i'm still surprised that those episodes on youtube are doing well i think it is people just wanting to watch the movie still and that's where we're getting the views from but still uh, thanks to everyone who's watching us on youtube <laughs> come for the movie stay for the podcast exactly we are also on patreon.com forward slash oldie pod if you've got some spare dollary dues lying around you can get ad free episodes early episodes and bonus episodes uh up right now it's a review of of cat people from the 80s oh my god yep that was a movie uh we're doing friday the 13th part five next as well because uh spoilers part four even though it was called the final chapter was not the final chapter so we're continuing with that series Meow. can't wait for that uh that is all up there zach you've got to pick next week's episode though from 1956 and don't even bother looking at movies, Sandro. I've already picked one you've already picked one what do you mean you've already picked one which one have you already picked It's the Ten Commandments. Oh, no. (laughs) Enjoying life of ease in the court of an Egyptian pharaoh, Moses discovers his Hebrew heritage and later God's expectation of him. That's right. We're doing a Christian episode. I don't don't, don't want to do that. That that movie's like four. I've already seen it as well. It's like four hours long. (laughs) Oh, right. Oh, really? Oh, well, okay. I take it back. I don't want to watch. Look, I want to watch the Ten Commandments, but I don't want to watch four hours of it. Yeah. That's a big movie. It's actually pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a well-made. It's a well. It's a well-made movie. No matter what you think about the Bible, it's a. It's a well-made Ten Commandments movie. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> Moby Dick. That's another option. We have uh, Captain Ahab uh, having his vendetta against a giant whale. Oh, Zach. Speaking of long movies, War and Peace. War and Peace, peace, yeah. Uh, Again, I think that falls in the category of love it, but don't have the time. (laughs) Around the World in 80 Days, more Jules Verne. Yeah, Around the World is 80 Days, that's a classic. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, oh that's very tempting, but actually... Speaking of that sci-fi line, Sandra. Mm, yes. There's a sci-fi classic I kind of want to kind of want to take a gander at. Sci-fi classic? You're talking about The King and I, my favorite sci-fi adventure comedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, uh, no oh, okay. not quite. You're close. <laughs> really close. No, I want to do Forbidden Planet. Oh, I've heard of that movie. Mm, it's a classic sci-fi uh, spacecraft travels to a distant planet Uh, to discover the fate of some scientists who were sent there decades earlier. That sounds like a a lot of fun. We haven't, I mean, we did Flash Gordon. Aside from that, we haven't done any hard sci-fis this year. Yeah, and we're big sci-fi boys. We need to add more sci-fi into this. I mean, monster movies are kind of sci-fi. But we need need a little more sci-fi. Yeah. All right. Well, next week, Forbidden Planet. 
Um, and that's the whole bloody episode. Uh, Robert, uh, would you like to not be a monkey? Can, would, do you want us to send you back to your regular life? That would be wonderful. Thank you. Would you like a banana on your way out? I mean, sure. Yeah, I'm never... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to that. They're, they're all made of seaweed, though, because we're in a submarine. You know, it's fake bananas. But, you know... I'll pretend it's a banana. All right. <laughs> Sending him back. All right. Robert's all back. Right, and I better get out of this body. Uh... Good luck escaping the submarine. I sure hope this is the end of this weird subplot with the submarine. I hope this is the end of the weird plot, and I don't find something that's going to keep me down here for another episode. Anyway, see you, Zach. (laughs) Talk to you next week. (laughs) Oh, the body horror never stops getting gross. All right, Mr. Frenchman. Sacre bleu. All right, monsieur, I shall take the control. Oh, I dropped the plate. Oh, so sorry, plate good sir. That's, that's my bad. That's so annoying. Ah, oh, the monkey's running around too. You hear those monkey sound effects in the background. If you don't mind, I'm just going to take the scenic route okay. uh, yeah, back home fine. as, you know, I uh, love the study of zoology. And, oh, my God. What is that out of the porthole? What is that? It looks like a city underwater. Oh, my goodness. We must have found it. Finally, after all these years of searching... It is the lost city of Atlantis. Sacre bleu. (laughs)